Welcome into another edition of The Session with Londa and David. My name is David Austin, and sitting across from me in this spectacular nope. black outfit thing with nope. a leather skirt and a big belt, my beautiful bride, Londa Sherwood Austin. And I got to tell you, you've been doing something different with your hair lately, and I love it. Okay, I, um, I have been... But is this on? Everything's on? We're all good? Uh-huh. Okay, good. Uh, um, well, I don't know anything about this. So anyway, I there's a reason. I've been following a TikToker and who occasionally gives a hair tutorial. Okay. And the TikToker is Misfit Andy. Yes. Misfit Andy. And she's the owner of the Bloom Room Salon. Yes. And so I've been following her hair recommendations for styling. And she's pretty spectacular. She is. In full disclosure, she's one of our children. She is. And we love her and but she's I love great. That she's, I love that she's sharing those things on TikTok. Her TikTok's mostly her style, mm-hmm, which is mm-hmm. ridiculously cool. Is she an influencer yet? I don't know how that I don't works. Think so. How many how many followers do you have to have to be an official influencer? I don't know. Well, I can tell you this. But I do think you have to be blonde. (laughs) She's definitely not a blonde, but she is probably the most model quality person to be photographed that I know next to you. Oh, uh, I don't. I disagree with next to me, but. Well, here's the thing. You're my standard of beauty. So everything else is a pale imitation. Okay. And Andrea is lovely and has a lot of your qualities. I gotcha. And so I am thrilled with her. And she's an awesome kid. She's a great business person. She's just spectacular to be around. And I'm going to stop talking about her right this minute. because I think that's a good idea. Uh, yes. Let's move on. We're getting right off of that. Right. Well, we're getting out in the weeds, as they okay. say. Here's what I want to talk about today. We've done tons of uh, kind of self-help for business people in yeah. our program. A lot of that. A lot of that. Because I believe in it deeply. Sure. Get your shit together while you work. Yes. And this podcast is going to be awesome because we're going to talk a lot about how to do a better job by doing the basics, like hitting timelines and being focused and doing the things you say you're going to do. It's all easy stuff that everybody thinks about. Yep. And we're going to talk about how and to forgets handle to do. conflict. That's exactly right. And conflict doesn't have to mean everybody's wanting to fist fight. You can have conflict can over just, minor things. Yeah, it can be a difference of opinion. Mm-hmm. It could be a misunderstanding about deadlines. It could be, um, you know unexpressed expectations right it could be a lot of different things and, and it could be what you normally think of with conflict <clears throat> like road rage and screaming at people it can be all that stuff so we're going to also it, discuss how to deal with conflict and kind of diffusing it and yeah. solving the problem in a in a level even keel kind right. of way so and i'm super excited again this show is a holistic kind of show where the things we talk about can be applied to business, personal, family, dating, marriage, well, and all the relationships that and, you have. And that's 
kind of good, right? If, Absolutely. If, if you, I think so. I yeah. can't. I can't talk about things without thinking holistically about them because that's just the way my brain works. I remember when our show first came on the air, Matt Milbauer, who's one of our buddies and a longtime customer of mine, uh, actually said, it's so cool because it sounds like we're sitting on my back patio just hanging out. Yeah. And that's because we talk this way in real life. It's not just because we're doing a podcast. We spend a lot of time just conversing about ideas. Yeah. And, and thoughts and like being uh, intellectuals, I guess. Um, uh, well, I, I feel like that's somebody who looks at a topic and picks it apart okay. And, okay. and digs deeper. And, I think of myself more as a pseudo intellectual, okay. like I think I'm smart, but I'm not really smart. Well, I know I'm the dumbest person <laughs> in the room. But uh, anyway, we do spend a lot of time doing that. We also spend a lot of time workshopping mm-hmm. uh, bits, mm-hmm. comedy bits, yep. songs that we'll never use, but That's it exactly entertains right. us. And it's super fun. And, and sometimes you and- do you do one of those little songs and it sticks like Monkey Town, but we're not going to do Monkey Town right here, right now. You're going to leave our listeners hanging. Six of our listeners have already heard me <laughs> sing Monkey Town. Which, there's only eight, so you can call the other two when we're done here. Hey, uh, the session with Londa and David is brought to you each week by Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. If your business needs a boost, you need to write this number down right now. I'll wait. Get a pen. Get a notebook and write this number down. It's 509-491-2663. Did you get that? Let me let me say it again. 509-491-2663 for Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. You can also email Londa at Londa at SherwoodAustin.com. That's Londa at SherwoodAustin.com. No job is too big, no business is too small. Call Londa today. Yeah, and the first thing that we'll do is have a little uh, a little coffee talk. Coffee talk. We talk about dogs and daughters. Uh, we'll have a little chat <laughs> to kind of see if we want to work together or not. See if we're a fit. And that's next exactly year, right. Next year sometime we're, we'll have applications uh, on our website, but that's not quite, we're not quite there. That's right. Um, so right now I would love to work with a restaurant owner. Okay. Yeah. I've got That's my ask. That's from my years in BNI. My ask for this week is that I need to get in touch with the owner of XYZ restaurant. Yeah. But did, I'd love did, to work with her. I don't know why. Did I had you do a that voice. voice? I don't know what that voice is. It's interesting. I don't know who she is. I, don't I got an ask today. Today I got an ask. <laughs> um uh, but I would I'm itching to work with a restaurant right now. Okay. Uh, so if there's anybody out there who wants to increase the profitability of their restaurant, mm-hmm. like the cost of goods and uh, are just eating you to death and you can't figure out where to recoup that cost, mm-hmm. you're increasing costs of your labor force, yes. killing you. Yes. Um, and you want to recoup that, that bottom line, I can help do that. And what? Increase your efficiency, reduce your stress. I'm telling you now, I've had several conversations with small business owners right now specifically who have been freaked out because of the minimum wage going up everywhere. Yeah. Right? And your labor costs, Mm -hmm. (coughs) no matter how big or how small your business is, Mm -hmm. are going up. 
Yes. So what's the best thing to do? Is it to pass the cost on to the customer? That's logical. That's what a lot of people would do. Is it to have smaller portions but charge the same? There are all kinds of things that There's you can look at. There's a million different that's exactly things. Right. And that's why what I do is really important mm-hmm. and, and really special because it's very tailor-made for you. That's right. Because it there is no one answer fixes everything. That's right. That's just not the case, except that kindness is always appropriate. That's the one answer. But I have to look at the business model and figure out you know, what's going on and, and where the holes are and plug the holes. But ultimately, if the solutions that I come up with don't mesh with the ownership, the management, the goals, the culture, the see, I have to take all that into consideration sure. when creating solutions right. for any particular business. And I do, and I've studied it for, I don't know, 30 years now. So yeah. So which, for other people, great. it's really hard for me, tends to be pretty, you know, and you see things that other Easy. people don't see, especially people who are directly involved in 100%. the business because mm-hmm. they're too close to it. Yep. You know what I mean? Absolutely. So that's yeah. that's very exciting. Anyway, the moral of the story is Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants loves bringing you the session with Londa and David. So call 509-491-2663. Or text. Or text 509-491-2663 uh, for Londa Sherwood Austin. That's me. There you have it. And there it is. Okay, let's get down to brass tacks. Oh, okay. Let's do it. I want to talk about follow through. (sighs) Follow through is of critical importance. And in our businesses, when problems arise, and I was talking to a realtor in Lafayette, Louisiana yesterday, I had lunch with Robbie Bro of the Robbie Bro team mm-hmm. at EXP Realty in Lafayette, Louisiana, and then flew back to Florida to our vacation home here. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, I didn't fly there to have lunch with him. Let me, let, let's make that clear. But I was having that lunch with him. It did. It, it did. It did. Anyway. So anyway, I was having lunch with him um, and we were talking about follow through mm-hmm. and how you need a sense of urgency. That guy, when he gets a project or a task, he does it right at that moment so he doesn't have to think about it later. Yep. Smart. I do the same thing. You do not have to carry a list of to-dos if when a to-do happens, you just do it. Don't talk about it. Don't think about it. Don't don't slow yourself down by considering ramifications. Just do it. So we got into that a little bit in the last podcast, and it made us, that's why we're going deeper into it now. And we talked a lot about that idea of like, quit thinking about it and worrying about it and planning it and what, and just do it. Just take action. Right. And um, I've had a couple of, of um, opportunities recently in working with someone to observe that very thing mm-hmm. where the time spent discussing the problem that needed to be solved or the action that needed to be taken, mm-hmm. right? There was action mm-hmm. that needed to be taken. The time spent discussing the action right, and explaining to me why they couldn't do it right this minute. Right. In that time, it could have been done. Absolutely. So I don't, 
stop spending your time explaining why you can't do things. And just do it. What would happen if you shifted that from, oh, I just don't have time to do this right now, to what if I could get this done right now? Right. Get it off your plate. That's right. There's a book. Um, What is it called? Is it called Eat the Frog? Eat the Frog, I think is what it's called. But it's about do the thing that's going to stress you out all day first. Right. Just go ahead and eat the frog. Get it out of the way. Right. Why why even make it a stressful situation? Do it immediately. It's that same concept of Mel Robbins' awesome book um, uh, that discusses the 54321 concept, mm-hmm. you know? 54321 and just do it before your brain talks you out of it. And I just texted you recently. I sent you a clip of her talking about that concept Mm -hmm. and said, you have this woman and this concept to thank for us being together because I did think, well, what do I have to lose? Like I just, I called you before I had time to think about it. And Mm -hmm. when it came to the moment to tell you that I was in love with you, I just said it before I had too much time to think. Like it was literally a five, four, three, two, one. I'm just going to shoot my shot here and see what happens. What if he does love me too? Yeah. I mean, you know, and and that concept has helped me in every single business that I've worked in. Even before I knew, before she published that book, before that was a thing, mm-hmm. um, because I learned the idea of just pick up the phone. Right. Right. So way back at my Nordstrom days when I was, you know, an 18 year old kid and in their training, they taught you when a new line comes in for this department, you call the people in your little notebook that they taught you how to make. Mm-hmm. And there is there was no fear of the phone or f- th- this was the expectation. Right. You call them and you start pre-selling and you make appointments for them to come and try stuff on and you. And you track what's going on in their life so that you can, you know, I remember I had one, one customer that I had written a little note in her section in my book, you know, that she was going to go on a cruise Mm -hmm. in May or something. And so like into February when spring, the new spring line came in, this was the first time this concept came together for me. Mm -hmm. The spring line comes in, I'm looking at it and I was like, oh my God, there's such cute things for a cruise in this line and I remember calling her and being so excited like I remember you have that cruise coming up in May and we just got these things in cruise apparel described some things to her and she was like put aside a size this of that put aside a size this of that and then I'd listened to my manager do this on the phone right and I said if I have somebody walk in the store who requires these sizes, I have to sell them to you, to them because it's inventory. So do you want me to just go ahead and hold these with your credit card? Genius. Sold them right there. So. And then if they didn't fit, she would return them. Sure. Absolutely. That makes sense. And so, but that kind of plays into that concept of right now. Right. Right now. Do it right right now. now. That's right. When I get a call from a borrower who wants to do a home loan, I immediately set time aside to yeah. 
call them up and do kind of an intake conversation. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's never a time when I'm like, I'll get back to you in three weeks because there are business people that are that way. Oh, I remember talking to a client one, a potential client in real estate one mm-hmm. time who said, uh, wanted me to do a market analysis on mm-hmm. their home to get a valuation. Yes. And uh, they said, how many days do you need? And I said, days, I need like an hour. <laughs> and they were like, oh, because the other realtor that we talked to said they needed three days. Right, because they don't know how to do CMAs. Well, no, I just, I, all I said was, I don't know why they needed three days, but I know I can get this back to you in an hour. Well, right. And probably the person that they were competing, that you were competing with, I'm telling myself the story. Probably the person that you were competing with has a team of knowledgeable people back at the mothership. Maybe. And they don't do it themselves. They they take the address and hand it to someone who that's all they do for the team. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. And there's something to be said for that, but you got to make it urgent. It's got to be urgent, right? Mm -hmm. Urgent and important. Right. You don't just do things that are urgent. You do things that are urgent and important. And you do them right now. Right. And you under promise. That's right. And over deliver. That's exactly right. Don't tell me that you're going to be somewhere at a certain time and then arrive 45 minutes late. Yeah. I don't understand how that happens now socially socially i grew up in lafayette louisiana and it's kind of a slow pace slower pace there everybody's interested in hearing your story so that's very so people are late all the time because you get caught up in a conversation look at the clock and it's been 45 minutes everybody is interested that's that when we were there that was a little hard for me i'm gonna have to make an adjustment you thought it was just me because i'm like "Uh uh-huh okay uh (laughs) uh-huh Wrap it up. We got it. <laughs> the lady at the... How could you possibly still be interested? You the, don't know the, me. The retired it, teacher at the liquor store oh at God. Albertson's on Johnston Street. That you stood and flirted with for an hour? That's exactly right. Yeah. It was like 40 minutes, but still, I found out all about the vodka or whatever it is she was pouring. Nope, it was a whiskey, and we've since gotten the whiskey twice, and... Found out all about her. Found out where she and her husband retired to. Know all their story. Right. And, and that's how life works in Lafayette, Louisiana. Yes. So, so everyone runs late. Everyone runs late. And socially, I was late every time. My now ex-wife couldn't stand that about me. And what I did, I learned as an adult, probably from Les Savage, that you need to make personal appointments just like you make business appointments and when you when you write it down in pen you do it i don't know why i don't know what the psychology is or if you put it in your in your phone calendar right it happens so i i highly recommend if you're one Mm -hmm. of these people that's chronically late for things do that right and if you're running late You've got to communicate with whoever you were supposed to be with at whatever time. You have to communicate. Don't wait until they call you. Right. Especially if it's a client. That's right. Oh, my God. That's Uh, right. My first mentor in real estate, Joe Mullins, taught me if the client calls you to ask questions, you've done something wrong. Oh, that's true. That is true. You need to be three and four steps ahead of them, anticipating their questions and answer them before they ask them. I like that. And that takes a lot of thinking time. Well, it's interesting that you say that because I'm doing a a loan on a vacation home right now. 
And my lender, who works for Envoy, is in mm-hmm. Texas, um, and she sends out updates to the agents, but not to the customer. Interesting. It is interesting, right? I do verbal things. I call and give updates verbally. Mm-hmm. I don't like a form letter kind of presentation, right? but hers is super slick. So, you know... I, I called her because my agent called me and said, hey, I heard you, you've got your pre-approval. You're fully pre-approved now credit-wise, and your appraisal, I just don't know when that's going to happen. Right. Well, he knew before I did that, I, right. that my approval was complete. Well, that's one thing, too. As a part of your system, figure out who needs the communication right. at each step of the right. system. You know, I recently had a deal uh, come apart um, Buyers changed their mind. We were through inspection, you know, and they signed off on it. And then she was thinking and was like, you know what? This isn't really what I want for my life. I want something else. And so um, we sent a rescission agreement and the Mm -hmm. seller graciously signed it, um, which I was very glad about. But um, (laughs) what was my point? I don't know what your point was, but, you know, I I I got a copy of that rescission from the list agent before I got it. Oh, I remember. Know who you need to send everything to. Yes. And the way that I do that is I have a checklist for every, everything, everything, yeah. everything. I, I, You live and die by systems. Yep. And that way you never make a mistake. You Not never, but, you know, we're humans. But you, you never make simple mistakes that are avoidable. Right. Right? Everybody always has the documentation. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, and I've... When my kids were growing up, I ran my house the same way. I mean, you know, set yourself up for success with mm-hmm. your systems. Yes. And so always notify all the people that need to be notified in every step of the process. Right. You know, and anticipating the questions is a really good thing to learn how to do. Um, but you have to sit, you, you have to think it, it takes time instead of, doing something else, block out some time, especially if you're new to an industry, Right. block out some time to sit and think about, okay, the scenarios. In this potential scenario, what might happen? What could happen? How could I handle that? What would make that smoother? What I spend a ton of time doing that. Right. And always have. Um, and then sometimes you learn the, from the school of hard knocks, right? Because something goes awry and you think, I never want that to happen again. How can I avoid that? Yes. And then you tweak your system. That's right. So it doesn't happen again. So there's there's a lot of value to that. And, and um, But I do want to get into handling conflict at some point. Well, I don't know if you're done with that. It. That's where we go next, right? So okay. let's do that. Let's segue to handling conflict and... One of the best lessons... I'm glad you did, because otherwise we were going to fight. Yeah. One of the best (laughs) lessons I ever learned was to deliver a strip line when there's conflict. Because if there's a mistake Mm -hmm. in any business, it's easiest to blame someone else. Especially if you're a pleaser, right? And I'm a pleaser, so I'm ready to blame somebody else intellectually right in my soul but i heard years ago this was like 10 12 years ago you don't throw the business under the bus right and instead deliver a strip line i learned that from brad Seabaugh, mm-hmm. who's now at a uh, first security bank 
And he said to me, David, what's the worst that can happen if you look somebody in the face and say, you know what? I feel terribly bad. I feel horrified that this has happened. You always say I'm terribly embarrassed. It's all my fault. Mm -hmm. What is someone going to say to you when that happens? Right. The worst that they can say is, well, then F you. Right. That's the worst that they can say. Mm -hmm. But if you say, this guy's a jerk and I can't believe it. Well, let me tell you, that happens all the time in a lot of industries. But because I'm closest to real estate at the Mm -hmm. moment, Mm -hmm. it's the worst. The way that people try to um, create a villain, it's actually... In psychology, they talk about it. It's it's called a drama triangle. Okay. And someone has to be the villain in the drama triangle. Interesting. And be, and be very careful that, you know, you're not creating that drama triangle where someone's the villain. Interesting. You know? So, and often though, it's the other realtor or it's the, the, the client, the other client's. Or it's, you know, even in our deal where we're selling our vacation home, I could fist fight our buyers because I got so frustrated. You know, I click out of my realtor brain and into my personal emotional brain Mm -hmm. and got so pissed off at the situation. And I do this every day. Right. But when it was mine, (laughs) you lose your mind. Oh my God. I had to just pull myself out of that, get back in my realtor brain. It's why they tell surgeons not to operate on their family. Right. Because something happens when it's close to you. Yeah. But I was totally making them the villain. These assholes want this, that, and the other thing, and blah, blah, blah. They're sons of bitches. I had to, like, reel it back in (laughs) and go, wait a minute, there's... There's no villain here. We got buyers that want to buy, sellers that want to sell, and two agents that are trying to facilitate the deal. Right. It wasn't nice that you pushed that poor little lady realtor down and then told her if she comes back on your property, you'll shoot her. That was bad. That was rough. I did not push her down, but (laughs) I will say this. Know your rights and ask questions because we did have our realtor um, ask us. We we have to have someone come out and verify that the... um, Pro, the gas fireplace Works. is operable, yes. right? Because we've never used it um, as part of the agreement um, for the closing of the property. Right. And the uh, buyer's agent requested to be present when the gas company comes to do that. And I said to my realtor, am I contractually obligated to let her do that? And he said, well, no. And I said, then the answer is no. Well, and there's more to it than that, right? Because we have a floating schedule. I'm going to say that. Okay. The most compelling reason that I do not want anyone in the house, unless I contractually have to, is we are living in utter chaos right right now. Boxes are packed. Boxes everywhere. The rugs are rolled up. Mm -hmm. The furniture's askew. I mean, it's chaos i don't know if you've i don't need more chaos if you've ever moved but i have never moved this efficiently here's what i mean we are three weeks out and the carpets are rolled up the rugs the major room rugs that are like 10 by 14 rolled up and taped already we still have three weeks in that vacation home 
Did I mention I live and die by systems? You do. You definitely do. This is part of my system. Right. If I If I don't want to be... Stressed out? I don't want to be stressed out during this process. Mm -hmm. So what I do is four or five weeks prior... Get on it. Is, you know, every time I have free time, I'm packing boxes. I'm sorting through stuff. I'm... Because it's not just... The problem or the... mm, the challenge that you have in work, in your home life, in your relationships, whatever it is, with your kids, whatever it is, the challenge you have is never what you see. Right. It's always something connected to it or behind it or, right? So Go, go a little deeper. The problem is not uh, we have to get the house packed by December 27th. That's not, that's that's one piece of it. Right. If you think of it like a wheel and you've got spokes on the yes. wheel, mm-hmm. that might be the center, right? But you've got all these spokes that are, we've got crap we don't need and don't use. So do I have a tag sale or do I take it to Goodwill? That decision has to be made and then acted upon. Right. And you can't do that until you've sorted through everything. Right. You see, and so, you're packing like a crazy person while you're sorting. You're not just sitting there sorting. Good keep, discard. Good keep, discard. Right. Your good keep. Let me put that in a box. Right. Discard goes in the discard pile. Right. And we're going to be living out of our RV for right. at least a week, mm-hmm. and so we've got it. There's a space, you know, that I'm putting everything for that, right. and that is another spoke of the wheel. And so, and business is the same. You have a transaction. You have a customer walk in the front door of your storefront, your restaurant, your, you walk in the front door of a business you want to do work with and you're in sales, any of that, think of it like that. There's a central piece and then there's maybe a hundred spokes. We don't know. There could be five, there could be 10, but when you take the time to sit and really contemplate it and Think about it from the customer's perspective, from mm-hmm. the client's perspective, from your partner's perspective, mm-hmm. from your kid's perspective, whatever it is, from your mom's perspective. Think of it from your mom's perspective every once in a while. I'm just going <laughs> to put that out there. Not for anyone or anything in particular. Um, Danielle. No, 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 no. I just, you know, I had the 10th anniversary of my mom's passing was yesterday. And so I was thinking about her a lot. And I wish I'd looked at life from her perspective a little bit more, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no regret, like like the kind of regret that comes after someone passes. But anyway, if you think of it that way, then it'll help you. It'll help you in your business. It'll help you grow. And that's a concept that I teach and and charge for, but I just gave it away for free. Well, and you didn't go super, super deep into it. So people who are interested in knowing more can call you at 509-491-2663 because you are Londa Sherwood-Austin of Sherwood-Austin Growth Consultants. It's a whole workshop. It is. It's a whole workshop. There's a... uh, kind of sister concept that goes with it about bullseye. How do Why we, does it have to be a sister? Why do we have to assign cousin, genders to a it? Cousin, <laughs> a cousin concept. I don't know. That when your brain sees all the spokes but can't see the central thing, Sure. then I can I do a, a workshop exercise around that as well. That's exciting. Yeah. That's very interesting. Yeah, so what do you do when there's conflict? 
Well, typically when there's conflict, I do the strip line right. that I that I learned from Brad Seabaugh. And here's the best part. It's true. And it takes he, a lot of humility, though. I think that's where people get hung up on their every, egos. Every now and then, and it's very rare, but every now and then I'll have an underwriter who digs her heels in or his heels in and does not like my argument. Every now and then that happens. Every time it's happened to me in my career, I'm wildly embarrassed because I I didn't foresee it coming. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So every time totally. that's happened, that's what I say. You know what? If I'd have foreseen this coming, I would have made a change sooner, which is absolutely true. Right. So even though the problem may be from an outside source, I would way rather say, I didn't anticipate this. This right. is all on me. Right. And I mean it because I should have maybe. Sometimes I don't see it coming. Right. You know, I should have. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say I'm wildly embarrassed. This is all on me. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, I do. I closed a loan two days late this year, and that customer is matter than any customer I've ever had, but it's because I didn't see it coming. Right. You know what I mean? And, you you know, you got to fall on your sword when that happens. Well, and like I said, I think ego gets in the way of that a lot, a lot. And that's where we get hung up. We get hung up on our ego and we're not willing to fall on our sword. We're not even willing to look at ourselves, you know? Absolutely. And this is true of, again, any relationship, business or personal, where you've got to look at it and go, okay, what was my part in this? Right. And again, that takes setting aside some time to think. Yeah. It's, you, you definitely have to uh, take responsibility for problems, but then you have to be willing to solve the problem. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. The problem that I had that closed two days late could have derailed the deal. It right. could have made it go away. We solved the problem. Didn't make anybody happy that the timeline was missed. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But they got their house. Right. And ultimately, you'd rather a customer who gives you a bad review than not get a review because you couldn't close the loan. Absolutely. I agree with so you there. So there. Are, there are some instances where you prefer a bad right. review. And that particular deal was one. And I can't believe I'm talking about it on our show. Well, nobody's perfect. We all have stuff that goes to shit. And and here's the thing, I want to the the real concept that I want people to grab hold of and that I want to share today mm-hmm. around this idea is that relationships success, the success of any relationship mm-hmm. is not about um you know how quick you are to respond to an email or in personal date nights right? or, uh, you know, people are familiar with the concept of the five love languages, right? It's not, it, the success in a relationship doesn't depend on me knowing your love language and trying to always speak to you that way. In business, <laughs> wait, wait for it. The success of a relationship in business doesn't always hang on knowing the personality so well that you're always speaking the language of the person across from you so that you have excellent communication. They feel seen and heard, blah, blah, blah. The success of any relationship will, I guarantee you, hinge on do you know how to fight well? Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you know how to fight well? Mm-hmm. That's, tell, that's tell, why I'm tell talking me about more. conflict. How tell do you handle conflict? 
Can you fight well? How do you get through conflict? Yeah. That's going to determine your success in any relationship. I guarantee you. And humility is a big part of that. And right. I don't mean being a doormat because I can be humble and still stand on, on, you know, my feet. Right. right. Um, and so I think you've got to look at that. You've got to look at how you fight. Are you fighting fair? Are you fighting with humility? Are you, and I'm using the word fight as, you know, any kind of conflict that comes up, you know, a client, let's see a client gets like you were saying upset with you because you missed a deadline, right? How you handle that matters. You've got conflict. You've got strife. Let's call it. That's right. There's strife there and how you handle it matters. And you did it. One of your favorite ways to handle that strife is a strip line. Now, I don't know if you do that in your personal relationships or not. I don't know. You tell me. I don't know. I don't think I can. I don't know. When I'm emotionally. We don't have a ton of conflict. Right. But when I'm completely transparent. So I will tell you that ever since I was a child, um, feeling accused is. Can a, confirm. A feeling that I can't stand. And I scramble and become a defense attorney and I go into full legalization mode. Right. That's different than owning up for my, uh, for a mistake. That's if someone comes to me and says, David, you ripped me off. I no longer think logically because I've been accused. Right. So this is the moment when I would say, if you were my client Mm -hmm. and I'm saying to our listeners, Mm -hmm. when you know you have that pattern, Mm -hmm. you've got to take time. Okay. To sit with yourself. Right. And think about how you want to do that differently. Okay. What your triggers are, when you're triggering, what's causing this to happen. When are you most likely in that scenario and what can you do differently? And, And let me explain. And I'll use myself as an example. Okay. When I drink a little too much. A little drinky, drinky. <laughs> Are you telling the story of last I night? I get emotional and sometimes what one might define as combative. <laughs> oh, yes. Yes, yes. I can, I can definitely relate. In fact, when it happened last night, instead of so we're just putting that out yes i'm like a million degrees now i just flushed and instead of biting on that bone that you were throwing my way and going crazy and being in a in a argument with you calm it down i was being a little combative yes what did i say i don't know i don't remember this is what i said hey listen i know you've had a little to drink and sometimes you get a little combative when that happens let's not do that And you took a deep breath. You said, I'm not interested in doing this. Nope, I'm not interested in that at all. You took a deep breath. I'm exiting this conversation. I'm now remembering. You also (laughs) said that. And I said, I'm going to go wash my face. That's right. And because I needed to... Your dirty, dirty face. I needed to pull back from the situation. Okay, so this brings up a really good point. In business, if you know a client's pissed off at you... Yes. And you don't yet know what you're going to say or how to handle it, do not answer the phone. Do oh. not answer the phone. Do not do it. Because you don't want to do it uncocked. You, you don't want to be, be caught off guard. Yes. You want to let that thing go to voicemail. 
take a, take a minute, take a breath. When I was, um, uh, the productivity coach at the Keller Williams office in Tri-Cities. And mm-hmm. I had, I don't know, 16 or 19 people on my team there that I was coaching. 19 in one year. One of the things that I taught them mm-hmm. um, is don't respond to anything immediately. And I know they say realtors need to answer their phones. Okay, I'm I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about don't respond to anything. Well, I am talking about, I'm going to argue that point. <clears throat> It's okay to not answer your phone all the time, by the way. Do if you can. Yes. But there's times when, especially if you know there's conflict or you don't know the answer to the question that you think you're going to be asked or, you know. Right. Or or something sets you off. Mm -hmm. You get a text from a realtor or a client that really pisses you off. Right. Do not immediately text back, especially if it's text or email, because you can't read tone. Text has no tone. Oh, but wait. Actually, it does have tone. Everybody assumes that the tone is pissed off. Right. Yeah. I have customers that their texts are three or four word sentences only. Uh Uh-huh. And my team often says, hey, David, can you do me a favor and call? Because I don't know what to think. Right. You know, and I call them. They're happy as can be and thrilled right. with themselves. You know what I mean? And, right. and always pleasant. You know what I mean? Well, and it's it's age, too. <laughs> this is interesting. Um, the way that we text yes. is different in different age groups. Oh, I write a book. If Well, and I mean even subtle things like in our age group, if I send you a text and there's a short sentence that ends with a period. You're pissed. No. I'm not. Really? It's more typical that in our age group, they're not. They just use correct punctuation and maybe Suck they're it, just short. period. That I shouldn't. Ha, ha, ha. <laughs> but if, if one of our kids, especially our younger kids, yes. texts me a short two, three word sentence with a period or one word with a period, I know I'm in trouble. I've done something wrong. I need the strip line. Okay. You all see right. what I'm saying? Yes. So there's all these different nuances to everything and... uh I, I don't remember why I started the I got drunk last night and got combative story. <laughs> oh, well, you and it's so funny. I wasn't you really you drunk. You got drunk. You had one drink. It was a uh, double. And of, then I of had Maker's part. Mark, I had part and you, of another. And one. you smelled a second one. Yeah, so yeah. I ordered another round. But I'm I'm sensitive to that, especially right now. Um, anybody who's uh, 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 my close friends know I used to drink a lot more, but for whatever reason I can't now, and that's fine. I and you didn't to. drink when I was in Louisiana for the last. Uh, day or so because yeah but most people don't drink every day anyway it doesn't matter let's not get into that right but the point being the the fact that you had presence of mind to de-escalate that situation was brilliant now my job is to try to figure out in my own time by myself (laughs) thinking about thinking about dark what happened? Okay. Okay. If I know that if I have more than one drink, I have a tendency to get a little combative, then why am I having more than one drink? Oh, that's interesting. Unwind it and solve your problem. I don't hate that. Right? Um, so that's a way that situation could be avoided. See, these are the, how you work through and, it. And when you picked me up from the airport last night in Tampa, mm-hmm. you were frenetic i mean you were moving flying you were and i don't know why you seem nervous but you you were were nervous well absolutely because i picked up on your energy i know you say i have no empathy but i i 
you know, absorbed your energy. So I was bouncing and, but I was super excited because, you know, you came walking through the airport looking like a French model with that long green dress on. And it was oh actually my short, God. but it, it, it was flowing is what I mean. It oh, was very, yeah. you, you, spectacular. <laughs> now the, the, the figure that you create is great because you've got these broad shoulders and a little tiny waist and it was a beautiful outfit and so i see this thing coming toward me and i thought for a second oh my god what is that and then as you got closer that's my wife as your so eyes i was focus. super excited well the point that i'm trying to make is taking responsibility yes for your habits is really important mm-hmm. and so Looking at the things that trigger you or the scenarios that trigger you, for instance, like I said, every time I have a couple of drinks, I get a little combative, then I need to back that out and not have a couple of, you know what I'm saying? Like avoid the situation if possible because- Or or get to the core of why you're combative when you have a couple of drinks. And it could be a cycle that's happened over and over in your life. No, it's because I'm- Okay, this is, I can't believe I'm saying this. (laughs) It's because I'm generally combative. I have a tendency to want to fight with everyone all the time over everything. so, so crazy sounding to me. Now. It's not my life at all. I can't relate. Listen, I'm a little bit of a fighter. That's just how it is. When I'm stone cold sober, I can operate on better, healthier, newer neural pathways, habits in my brain. Okay. When I'm not sharp, I go, I I divert to the old well-worn path. I would love to continue to discuss this story. We're not going to do it during this episode, though, and here's why I say that. We're running out of time. Oh, so, hopefully, though, we gave some tools and some tips that people can oh, use. let me tell you something. Chock full. The strip line, genius. Not my deal, but genius. The uh, not throwing somebody under the bus. Everybody hates a waitress who blames the kitchen. Everybody. Yeah. I don't care who you are. If you say, I don't know how the cook missed it. Don't do that shit. Dead. Don't. Dead. Don't do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Don't so, Don't blame your, your partners, your business partners. Take responsibility yep. and solve the problem. That's the moral of this story. Well, and I don't know how this happened, but here we are and how shall we proceed? That's exactly right. And you know what? I could have fat fingered it. But whatever the case, right. let's solve the problem. Yeah. My name's David Austin for Londa Sherwood Austin. And as always, this has been The Session with Londa and David, brought to you by Sherwood Austin Growth Consultants. Call Londa at 509-491-2663. That number again, 509-491-2663. Let's talk again next week. <laughs>